Welcome to Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership podcast on the season of Lent. This is week one, solitude, fashioning our own wilderness. Let's listen together to the psalm and the gospel reading from the Revised Common Lectionary, Cycle C. Psalm 91, verses 1 to 2 and 9 to 16. You who live in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, My refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Because you have made the Lord your refuge, the Most High your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, no scourge come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Those who love me I will deliver, I will protect those who know my name. When they call to me I will answer them, I will be with them in trouble, I will rescue them and honor them. With long life I will satisfy them and show them my salvation. Luke 4 verses 1 to 13. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for forty days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up, and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I will give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God, and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command His angels concerning you to protect you. And on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. You know, one of the reasons that the seasons of the church here are such powerful seasons of transformation is that they give us a way to walk with Christ through some of the most significant incidences and experiences that he had. And the season of Lent gives us the opportunity to walk with Jesus through one of the most significant experiences in his life, and that was his wilderness experience that followed right after He was baptized in the Jordan River, and the voice of God came down from heaven saying, This is my beloved in whom I'm well pleased. So the season of Lent derives its structure from that moment when Jesus is driven into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. This was not punishment, and in fact, we know it's not punishment because his identity had just been affirmed by God himself. But indeed, he was driven into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, and it was part of his preparation for the ministry that God had given him. In the wilderness, he fasted, he prayed, and he faced Satan's temptations. 
And Jesus' temptations really are a prototype of what our own temptations are. The temptation to trust in that which is not God, for our security and survival, for affirmation and approval, for power and control. You know, Thomas Keating says that the spiritual journey is not a career or a success story. It is a series of humiliations of the false self that become more and more profound. Now, I agree with this statement, but I do not like it. Um, And at the same time, I know it's true. And sometimes I wonder if any of us as Christians are really ready for the journey of transformation. We long for more in our spiritual lives, that's for sure, but I'm not sure we're ready for the harrowing journey of death to the false self that any true spiritual journey entails. We want God, it seems, as long as we can have our successes. We like the idea of being on a journey of faith as long as it doesn't require too much, uh, well, faith. We long for the promised land as long as we don't have to leave anything behind. We want space for God as long as it doesn't intrude too radically on our packed schedules and conflicting priorities. We want self-knowledge as long as it doesn't cut too close to the ego bone. We want God's will as long as it doesn't make us look foolish. We want love as long as it's not too inconvenient. We want to buy the pearl of great price as long as we don't have to sell everything we have. We're willing to wax eloquent about the Pascal mystery one weekend a year as long as we're not the ones doing the dying. It's really nice if it's just Jesus who's doing the dying. So the, uh, the invitation of the first week is to consider fashioning our own wilderness, to consider the practice of solitude and creating more space for the lonely place where we meet God and God alone. Now, even though the wilderness might sound a little bit harsh to us, the truth is that the wilderness in Scripture... Yes, it is a place where Jesus did battle with Satan and faced his demons, as we all must, but there's more. The Old Testament references hint at the fact that the wilderness, spiritually speaking, is also a place of real intimacy with God, where God tenderly speaks to us those things that he wants to say to our souls. And in fact, there's an intimacy to the language that's used to describe the wilderness. It says, therefore, I will now allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. There she shall respond as in the days of her youth. Um, So there's a real intimacy to the wilderness place. And God wants to have us in the wilderness because I believe God knows that that's the place where God has our attention, and also that's the place where we don't have any of our normal supports and where we must become more deeply reliant on God. Of course, yes, it's a place of facing into our own temptations, really seeing our false self-patterns for what they are. Um, The truth is that the spiritual journey must and always will involve facing temptation and real humiliations of the false self. And so Richard Rohr observes that the temptations that Jesus experienced are really the primal and universal temptations that all human beings must face before they dare to take on any kind of power, as Jesus was about to do. So this is a really important message. It's an important season for us as leaders, any of us who have any sort of power at all in our lives because of our leadership position. The wilderness is important for purging us of any tendency towards misusing our power. Because there are all kinds of temptations to misuse power, and many of those we've seen in recent days in the church. And so in the wilderness, we are actually purged of these temptations to use power for purposes that are less than God's purposes for us. And of course, what we see in Jesus' life is that Jesus passes all three of his tests, and so the devil flees, the devil leaves him. 
because Jesus refused to be used for lesser purposes. If you're willing to face the demons in yourself, Richard Rohr goes on to say, God can use you mightily. But otherwise, if you're not willing to face the demons, uh, you will for sure be used for lesser purposes. That's a very sobering idea for those of us who are leaders. One of the very sobering truths about the human situation is that we can and often do take the most spiritual ideas and practices and plans and we place them in service of the old man or the false self, if you will. We are much better at taking surveys and gathering information and making strategic plans as leaders than we are at dying to that which is false within us. So during Lent, we hear a deep call to the wilderness, to solitude. Henry Nouwen talks about fashioning our own wilderness, that we have to fashion our own desert where we can withdraw every day, shake off our compulsions, and dwell in the gentle healing presence of the Lord. Without such a desert, we will lose our own soul while preaching the gospel to others. What a sobering thought. And so, friends, I believe the first invitation of the Lenten season is to fashion our own wilderness, um, to create some time and space to enter the wilderness with God by increasing our practice of solitude and maybe even planning for an extended retreat. Um, many religious folks will plan an extended retreat as part of their Lenten practice, and you might even want to pick up the book Invitation to Retreat, The Gift and Necessity of Time Away with God, to really uh, ground you in an understanding of the practice of retreat, which is um, fashioned after Jesus' own practice of retreat, his own 40 days in the wilderness. So during Lent, we are much more aware of the evil one's proficiency at crafting very subtle and dangerous appeal to our false self stuff. Um, appealing to our desire to save ourselves through our own human strategies rather than trusting God for what we need. So to look at the temptations of Jesus in the wilderness and to wonder, where am I tempted to turn these stones into bread using whatever gifts and powers God has given me to secure my own survival? Where am I putting God to the test by disregarding human limitations in order to prove something to others? Where am I expecting God to just keep coming to my rescue, even if I thumb my nose at human limitations? Um, am I just thinking, well, God will rescue me. God will make it all okay. When and where and how am I tempted to worship the outwardness of success rather than seeking the inner authority that comes from worshiping God and serving him only? These are the profound questions of the Lenten journey. So, friends, let's take a moment in quiet. Um, here, this prayer from a woman named Ruth Burgess in a little book that I love called Bread for Tomorrow. And she has this to say, that the desert waits, ready for those who come, who come obedient to the Spirit's leading, or who are driven, because they will not come any other way. The desert waits, ready to let us know who we are, that place of self-discovery, and while we fear, and rightly so, the loneliness and emptiness and harshness of the desert, we forget the angels, whom we cannot see for our blindness, but who come when God decides that we need their help, when we are ready for what they can give us.
Thanks so much for listening today. We know there are thousands of podcasts to choose from, and we're grateful you've chosen to spend this time with us. We have developed a variety of Lenten resources for individuals and communities. You can find these transforming resources by visiting resources.transformingcenter.org. If you'd like to spend more time reflecting on the themes we've been discussing, you can order our Lent Seasons of Returning guide. You can order a beautifully printed copy with space for your own thoughts and prayers, or become a monthly patron during Lent, and you'll receive our brand new digital version of Lent Season of Returning, which includes a printable version and an e-reader PDF for your own personal use. We have two more exciting seasons in the works. Season 8 is Becoming a Transforming Church, and Season 9 is entitled Beyond the Fall, Women and Men in Transforming Community. Hi, this is Rob Castens. I'm the Chief Operations Officer of the Transforming Center. And if God is stirring something in you about your own leadership experience, maybe God is inviting you to begin your own journey of leadership transformation. I was a part of Transforming Community Number 6 way back in 2011. And it was such an important part of my spiritual journey. The Transforming Community is a practice-based spiritual formation experience with nine quarterly retreats. The Transforming Community experience is designed to integrate your spirituality and your leadership and help you reclaim practices and experiences that spiritual seekers down through the ages have used to open themselves to God's transforming work. Visit transformingcenter.org to learn more and apply to the next Transforming Community. Thank you so much for your support of the Transforming Center and this podcast. If you have enjoyed the podcast, please rate and review the podcast in iTunes or wherever you listen and become a partner by visiting transformingcenter.org patron. And you will receive exclusive bonuses and offers only available to our monthly supporters. Don't forget that during Lent, when you become a monthly patron, you will receive our new digital version of our Lent Season of Returning Guide for your personal use.